0: Hey, guys, this is Max in Tennessee, and I'm just curious as to what music do you listen to during October to get you in the mood for Halloween, like Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Creature Feature, or Movie Scores. Thanks. Keep up the good work on the podcast. Thanks. Uh, I think you said Matt from Tennessee. If not, I sincerely apologize. I'm sorry if I heard that wrong. Um, Xena, Megan, uh, is there any particular music you two like listening to to get in the mood for Halloween?
1: listen to it just around halloween like i really enjoy like a lot of horror soundtracks uh for the most part um but i have to admit i have a thing for 90s saxophone music around
0: (laughs) (laughs) and we're circling right back to lost boys
1: all right exactly so but um but, but just to keep it short i don't really have like a playlist megan
2: um, I I'm with Xena and that I'm horror all year round, but I think there are a couple of tracks for sure that get you into the Halloween spirit. And first and foremost, it's the silver Shamrock jingle from Halloween oh three. Yes. Like that one will be in my head all month long. Just insert whatever day, 31 more days till Halloween. Yeah. Eight more days, whatever. But that song is the number one feel good song of Halloween. Do you have
0: a song, John? Uh well, if you can't tell from last week's podcast, there's a lot of the Hamilton soundtrack going on in my house, so I I generally don't get that out of my head. <laughs> Got it. But honestly, like my favorite kind of go-to for that, it, it I I do love Alice Cooper, like especially old Alice Cooper, like we're yeah. on the Trash uh album. It's just something about him because it's also it's the combination of the music, but also the personality, the stage presence, because oh, I have seen sure. him live, too. And he's got a great stage show, stage show. But then also the reality of the guy. Yeah. He likes golfing. Yeah. He, like, went to Harvard or whatever, insanely articulate. It's that amazing juxtaposition of everything.
2: But Alice Cooper's like, all year round for me, so.
0: Yes. I love Alice Cooper. He's He's great. Like, he put on the trash CD, and it's amazing how much of that I still have memorized, like, from front to back. So, anyway. All right. Next up.
1: This is Giovanna from Texas, and I'm calling about
2: something that uh, was said on the show um, a couple episodes ago. You guys dogged killing, and I have to say, I have to admit that I love Thanksgiving after a couple of drinks at least. I think it fits into the category
1: of so bad, it's good. It's a legitimate category, so my question for you is, assuming that So Bad, It's Good, is a legitimate category. What would be your top one or two movies that fit into that category? Thanks. Love the show.
0: Thanks, Savannah. Uh, That's actually a great question. One I actually had to think about a little bit because me personally, I like so many movies that people quantifiably consider bad that it's hard to pick one. To me, it's got to be intentionally bad, like Thanksgiving. Right. Like it's the the filmmaker did not intend to do anything other than like make a really goofy horror movie. So for me, it's (laughs) Yeah, That's a great movie. It took me two watches. The first time I really, you know, because it's one of those things where you dislike the characters so much that I had to remind myself, okay, they're written that way. That's the point. They're supposed to be horrible people and everything else, but what gets me is actually the very opening and the ending. Bill Burr and John Mayer are so hilarious in that movie <laughs> that, like, I can coast through the rest of the movie on that. Yeah. How about you two? Like, what's what's so bad it's good for you two?
2: I, I'm still stuck on, like, I don't know if Zombievers, like, you could, you could argue that that's an actually good movie. It's just intended as horror comedy. So, yes. I mean, obviously the way we define it totally changes what our answer yeah. would be. Um, so for me, I I think that I'm going to go with Black Roses because I'm an absolute sucker for heavy metal horror. And j- there's so mm-hmm. much of that movie that doesn't make a lick of sense, but I freaking love it anyways. And I mean, the opening five minutes alone, if that doesn't sell you, then I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not technically... A good movie, there's so many plot holes, there's a character that shows up and then you never see or hear from him again. Um, it's these kids are like rebelling, you know, against school. Like the the parents say no, heavy metal's bad, it's Satanism, and then it turns out to be true, but the kids are rebelling and the way they rebel is so silly. Like there's one scene. Where a kid is like super mad and he runs and he kicks a can in a parking lot. I'll show you. Like that's not rebelling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's rebelling if you're like an heir to the Campbell Soup Company or something. I I guess
2: so. But yeah, I mean, you're really sticking it to the man now, guy. Um, So that type of thing is why I say that Black Roses is probably not considered a good movie. But it's so fun anyways.
0: Okay. How about you, Zena?
2: Well, I, I have a... A couple. Okay. You
1: know, because, <laughs> because I really love, you know, uh, silly movies like that. So the first yeah. one that automatically came to mind, Rubber. OK, Rubber oh. is, is perfect for that. I just thought this movie was so ridiculous. But at the same time, I know people who are so in love with the movie and they feel like it's just the best thing ever. But I think it's, it's silly. a pretty
0: brilliant movie to me. <laughs>
1: It's, I remember just getting so annoyed, like, with, with the, <laughs> like I wanted to, like, fight a tire, you know? So, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, that's, that's what it's meant to do. And then the random just making people explode. It's just like, what's happening? But you can't look away. Um. Then also, Dead and Breakfast, I uh, checked this one out, I think I was, like, in high school, and I, I mean, I didn't know, you know, that there were zombie musical comedies, you know? So this was like, kind of (laughs) like, like, like the first one uh, that I checked out. And of course, like the ginger dead man, um, one, my sister-in-law, she actually, she recommended recommended it to me a couple of years ago because I've heard of it, but I was like, this is just so ridiculous. And yes, Mm -hmm. it is very, very much ridiculous because gingerbread cookies, like they're delicious, you know, and then you just have this one. (laughs) you have this one that wants to kill you um and kill people and then you know I, I like snacks so even with that there's <laughs> attack of the killer donuts you know?
0: so attack of the killer tomatoes
1: yeah that too you know there's there's so many and um evil bong you know so like the list goes oh, on God. so yeah it, it's it gets super duper silly and at first I'm not gonna lie and this is this may sound like um I'm taking a shot but I'm not I also thought about, um, maybe I, I don't know if I should say that. What if someone's just like, no, I really love this movie so much,
2: you know?
0: I think subjective.
2: True, I mean, true. we all genuinely, oops, let me kick the mic. Um, we all genuinely <laughs> love the movies we're talking about.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Texas Chainsaw 3D, you know, I lost it when oh. she said, do your thing, cuz. Yes. I was, <laughs> So, you know, it's it, because it was so silly. It, it was so it was over the top that the, the acting and, you know, I'm not saying that I hate it, but I'm not saying that I'm super in love with it. But whenever I, you know, I, I feel it's
2: down, fun.
1: it is. It's fun. And I notice whenever I feel down, I just think about that movie and it makes me happy. Yeah.
0: I never knew that I wanted to see Xena fight a tire so much. <laughs>
2: <but>. <laughs> and now, you know.
0: Now I got that. I did think of another one that's so bad it's good, and I can't place it for any other reason. It's one I actually watched a few weeks ago. I just didn't talk about it because I don't consider it a good movie. It's Final Exam.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Because there is no rationale for the killer other than to exist. There is a fake mass shooting on a college campus as a college prank. Yeah, Mm -hmm. cannot happen Uh, today. Like, it, it. the character development it's it's insanely dated and racially insensitive on so many levels and yes. everything else but it also falls into that cheesy 80s horror grindhousey type thing for me where i can watch it like that can be background watching for me and it's really weird because like i don't i won't necessarily enjoy it <laughs> but i won't but i won't hate it either maybe right. because it's a simple watch yeah. you know it's like background said, noise background it can just exist and I don't have to be emotionally invested in any of it. But, All right, so that's it for me. But yeah, oh, like
1: oh, oh. I was just gonna say, but yeah, there's 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 so many. And um, John, you kind of reminded me of this one, Trolls too.
2: You know? Oh my oh, god! Of course. <laughs> Isn't like the documentary like best worst movie ever made or something like that? There's some yes. title. Yeah. You're not alone. Zena. It's a,
0: that's a weird. That's a weird documentary too.
2: I have not watched it.
0: It's a strange thing to kind of watch the full circle of the actors who were serious doing it, yeah, and then nobody liked it, and then all of a sudden it became a cult classic. So they started like going on tour to like horror conventions and stuff, like as famous figures from being in this movie and like getting this level of adoration from a movie that was panned by pretty much everybody, and they probably hated on some level. But, like, horror fans and genre fans, like, kind of brought him back. And they're like, no, this is amazing. It's like Birdemic. Yes. You know?
2: There is a fan base for every movie, which is why there should be no such thing as a guilty pleasure. True.
0: I know. I, I recently saw Birdemic is on Amazon. And, or Birdemic 2 is on Amazon right now. I didn't know there was a sequel.
2: Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> He's on a mission. And I
0: think... <laughs> I know. And I, I think they play it straight. Like, it's not even, like, making fun of itself. I think that they're actually just going for round two but i actually
2: kind of prefer that more like i feel like there's an earnestness that when they play it straight they're not intentionally trying to be campy
0: i i agree like the like how tommy wiseau was with the room and the room being like remade kind of as a satire by james franco and he and then like coming out and being like oh it was always meant to be funny yeah. it was always meant to be a satire like no, no it, it wasn't, wasn't. <laughs> like, oh no, it. it's okay. Yeah. We we don't we don't dislike it. That's if you why own people it like, like no, it. No, I right. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I was really trying to do it and it just really didn't work. Yeah. Like sure. so many of the things I've done in my own life. Maybe that's why I appreciate <laughs> people it. People can
2: tell when you're trying and when you're not trying, mm-hmm. you know. And
0: yeah, it, it's pretty sincere.
2: It kind of also makes
1: me think about Thanks Killing Three. Remember how they just skipped? killing two and they just yeah. went to three and then you didn't know, they not- go to space <laughs> they always
2: go to space
1: <laughs> but didn't they have like a kickstarter and they made like a million dollars and then people were upset because it was just like where did the money what did you
2: put the money into i don't know i Pretty thought much. i read something like that but i'm i you're gonna be the killing historian here
0: <laughs> again i would be more upset if the director didn't turn around and then make Headhunter on shutter such a good movie
2: yeah like
0: i can't believe the same guy made thanks killing made headhunter like that's That's such like a 180 like from thanks killing but to me at least i mean i can kind of see parallels with some like the like the skeleton work and stuff like that in the cave but but it's another great movie anyway evidently we could talk about this all day and we actually have topics to get to in under an hour yeah let's go (laughs) Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist, Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. Nino from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and for her infinite love of the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. No time for anything quippy. Got to keep going. <laughs> if you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope that your week has been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, let's do a quick round the table for all the movies, books, games, anything else in horror that have been making the three of us smile right now. And maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. Zena, so you know what's been filling your heart this week?
1: Well, I'm still on the zombie train. So I watch <laughs> Burial Ground. It's on Amazon from 1981. And a professor discovers an ancient crypt which contains living dead corpses. So this was actually my second time watching this. Um, it's like an 80s Italian zombie movie that pretty much has everything in it. I mean, everything. Um, I decided to watch it um, because last week I put out like a top snitching uh, zombies video. You know, like the little mm-hmm. weird little <laughs> little topics. Because, you know, I don't know if you guys feel this way too, but zombies are tattletales. You know, <laughs> they just love to tell. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah um, in this movie there's, you know, of course there's gore, there's zombies and there's like terrible yet brilliant dubbing and there's a grown man who's playing a boy a little yes. boy and it's oh like, my god yes his eyes are so insane but I have to say like um the film I feel like even though I said it has everything I feel like it's kind of missing like a plot <laughs> just being honest but I feel like it works and that's why I love it and it actually makes me happy because I was having a I was having a kinda of, a rough week, you know. So I needed, you know, some sunshine in my life. And, you know, even though the story doesn't make any sense, it's like I cannot get enough of it. It's super weird. And um, if you want that to check that out-
2: boy. Oh my god, the bad boy. The irony, or maybe it was just kismet because you're my horror sister now. Um <laughs> I was literally just telling my mother about this man child. And showing her pictures, and she's looking at me like I'm crazy because he's got <laughs> these bug eyes. John, have you seen *Burial Ground*?
0: I haven't. No. I um,
2: highly recommend it, just for the what the fuckery of, yeah, of this character.
1: That's that's exactly what it
0: is. He's well. See, you can get me on that because I'm not. I'm not a huge zombie guy. Yeah. So, like, there's got to be another. There's got to be something else for me. Enough.
2: This is right. the hook. If you are not it an Italian zombie <laughs> fan, watch it for this character <laughs> alone. Who is. Like a twenty, I think he's twenty five at the time yeah, he made this movie. Twenty five. Peter Bark is that the actor's yes. name? So he's playing a <laughs> yeah. twelve year old who wants <laughs> his mom's tits so bad, <laughs> so like he's, bad. He's super obsessed. The ca- like chaos is there are zombies invading, and all he wants to do is breastfeed. It is the weirdest, <laughs> and the, the I just that's it. Yes, yeah, weird. Don't-
1: Megan, now since that's you That's
0: an interesting spo- sell. <laughs> <laughs> what? John, you gotta watch this. You gotta Let watch me tell this. Ya.
2: This will fit your criteria of a slumber party, John.
1: And, you know, Megan. Oh, you, will it? <laughs> I feel like, you know, I was trying to sell it in a way that's like, yeah, it's sleazy and a little gore, but now I just sound like a sleaze bucket because I'm no, sitting you're around just- <laughs> watching this movie
2: and laughing.
0: You're a sleaze apologist, you <laughs> know? <Nina>. Come on. <laughs>
2: But this is the reason why everybody kind of gravitates towards this movie because your eyes bulge just like Peter Barks' character yeah, and you're wondering what you are watching. Who comes up with this stuff? How do you pitch this to an actor? By the way, you're going to be 12 and you're going to be really hot for mom. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> what while there's say? a zombie apocalypse mother this cloth smells like death and it's just like oh my god who wrote this but yeah
2: it's it's a hot mess of a movie in the most enjoyable way I feel like this could this could apply to our earlier question yes. about best worst movies that could be it
0: I also thought of another one for that one microwave massacre but we won't go down that route so. <laughs>
2: to derail your descriptions you know i apologize oh,
0: evidently see this is like this is why we need a patreon so we can just go off on a single topic oh, for yeah. 60 minutes which yeah. we evidently could well, on this we're, one
2: we're working
1: on that well I, I do think though john that you you should check it out yes so just, um, Thank <laughs> the other thing i checked out um uh vampires versus the bronx on netflix so it just came out this year a group of friends band together to save their neighborhood from vampires it's a very campy, fun movie um, for, ki- for kids, and it feels very 80s. I feel like it's a mix between Stranger Things, uh, Monster Squad, Attack the Block, and The Lost Boys. Minus, um, mm. you know, that same sweaty saxophone, saxophone guy. <laughs> no um, sax guy. <laughs> but yeah, um, I really, really like this movie, and um, I don't know if I ever told you guys this. I'm going to give you guys a little Xena history. Xena 101. So um, I'm actually from Yonkers, New York, and Yonkers is, like, right near the Bronx. So just seeing that, it kind of just brought back all the feels, you know? You know, seeing the bodega, like, the corner store, seeing people sit outside, play dominoes, you know, on a nice summer day. Like, it's just like, oh, summers were the best in in New York. Um, And then on top of that, just being able to see, like, you had this one little kid, he was actually reading Salem's Lot. It was like, Oh my Aww. God, are you my child? You know? <laughs> so, nice. And you know, they even watched Blade and they were reenacting Blade and you know, I was obsessed with Blade when I was like their age.
0: Um, I was obsessed with Blade as an adult.
1: It's just, it's just that great. It really is such a great movie but um, um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of like a cat and mouse kind of thing. Everyone thinks that, you know, they're telling a lie because, yeah, it kind of sounds like a lie, like vampires, you know. <laughs> um, but it's pretty cool because with the vampires, they look similar to the ones from uh, Buffy the Vampire series. So yeah. it's not yeah. really scary. It's more entertaining and fun. So just again, you know, vampires versus the Bronx, I feel like it is perfect for kids, um, for teens, or if you just want something
2: very lighthearted. Cute. What about you Megan? I I also did a little Gateway Horror. Um I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um mm-hmm. I have it on Blu-ray, but it's also on Showtime streaming. That was that came out last year. Yes. Um plot, if you don't know, it's set at Halloween time in 1968. Uh, Stella is a wannabe or aspiring writer, and she and her two friends meet a mysterious drifter, Ramon, and uncover a uh, a sinister notebook of stories from a local haunted house. And from there, these stories start writing themselves in real time, and the monsters terrorize her and her friends uh this, it's a really well done gateway horror movie based on the scary Stories of tell in a Dark series by Alvin Schwartz with Stephen Gamel's super creepy illustrations brought to life um i mean i I watched this last year too, and really I chose this because it's Halloween season, and I wanted to get in the Halloween spirit and it's not necessarily a movie for adults. It's more for 13-year-olds. And so I think it works best yeah. for that age group. Um, definitely not really younger because it doesn't really hold back on the scares for 13-year-olds, which I appreciate. appreciate. I would have loved this movie so freaking much if I grew up with it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. I, I really like Javier Botet. Um, he was the, the toe big toe corpse and Troy James. I love 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 Troy James. He was the jangly man. These are both. There's like a trifecta of of actors that do body contortions and, and physical monsters really well. And those two are two out of the three and the third is um, what is his name? He was Billy from Hocus Pocus. Doug oh, Jones. Cool. Doug Jones. Yeah. So like if we could get all three of those in a movie together Hocus as monsters. Pocus
0: was the Doug Jones reference you pulled?
2: <laughs> off the top of my head, yes. Because oh. I'm thinking Halloween and Gateway Horror, John.
0: That oh, fits. I suppose. Yeah. All right.
2: I mean I could I can go down the list, but for for the context of this particular movie, I feel like that's a good good one.
0: Fine. Fine.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Um, and then the other one that I watched is uh, I got an early sneak peek for a Nightstream movie, Nightstream.org. Uh, that film festival starts the, this Thursday, um, the 8th through the 11th. And um, that's the one I talked about a couple episodes back where it's like five different film fests are combining their efforts to do a virtual edition. And their lineup is really, really stacked And I got an early look at Frank and Zed, which is playing, I think, Saturday night. Um, It's two reanimated corpses dependent on each other for survival. They live a life of solitude until a power-hungry magistrate tricks a group of villagers into attacking their lonely castle, fulfilling an ancient prophecy, the orgy of blood. Um, Written and directed by Jesse Blanchard. It's a puppet movie. It's a dark monster bloody puppet movie that i did not know I'm i so needed excited in my for life this.
0: <laughs> i need it i saw the trailer and it blew me away it's so it's amazing
2: yes it took him i think the uh press release for it said it took him 7 years of his life to put it together and it is such oh. an artistic diy wow. labor of love i am so obsessed with Frank and Zed, the two central monsters, they are. It's it's a it's a really cute story that doesn't skimp on the gore, and it's it's a killer puppet monsters gore everything everything you could want. It, it's in this movie. It's it's a feel good movie. You so, convinced yeah. us. We need to. See yeah. It. So.
0: Oh god, that I love it. I love. Just the the level of effort that had to have gone into it, seven to years to work with a medium of puppets. Yes, and not just like like listen, Team America. What couldn't have been easy by any no. means, like using like minarets and stuff like that. But the level, if if people haven't seen the trailer, go on bloody disgusting dot yes. and check out the trailer. The level of detail with the sets and the actions and the background, the props, like everything, looks like such a labor of love. Yes. Like you can almost feel like the director and writer's like passion for what they were making just in the trailer. I
2: just think of how like long those things they are so rare. Yeah. It's it's a it's it's a magical little movie. Um and I know that ticket selection, I think they open up to the public to choose their movies um Wednesday. So I highly recommend that if you are participating in Nightstream, add that to your your watch list because it's it's like we we don't get movies like that very it's very rare so I want the best for this movie I want it to find distribution and want it to go wide and everybody else can fall in love this could be like an annual Halloween you know the '60s had Mad Monster Party let's have like the next decade and beyond be Frank and Zed magic so yeah Puppets. that's what I watched what'd you watch
0: my sticking with my formula my classic is 1986's Aliens the sequel to Alien starring Sigourney Weaver I watch on HBO. Ellen Ripley is rescued by a deep salvage team after being in hypersleep for 57 years. The moon that the Nostromo visited has been colonized, but contact is lost. This time, colonial marines have impressive firepower, but will that be enough? I love th- this. <laughs> 1986 blows me away even watching it to this day that Aliens was a 1986 movie. Yeah, crazy. Like, I would stack that up against movies that have been made within the last 5 or 10 years. The like the production quality like and I'm a I'm definitely a sucker for practical effects. Oh yeah. Like I you know like, uh, like watching like remakes, like watching like the remake of the thing, like which I like the remake just fine, it just bummed me out that it didn't use practical like John Carpenters like mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, and it and could have it be- did. <laughs> It, it absolutely could have. There's so many scenes where it absolutely could have been practical.
2: No, I mean they did. And... They did do practical, and then they just whoever came along and wiped that out. You can see behind the scenes. Oh, so sad now. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's that's, that's why so Harbinger Down got made because all of the people that worked on oh. on that were upset, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna go do our our own thing." But they absolutely did intend to have it be practical effect driven, and.
0: Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, actually, sorry to bum you out. Um, no, I'm gonna move back to, back to the things that I like. So okay, yes. <laughs> but aliens, I adore it. I love the original Alien. Uh, you know, Alien Three was rough, but obviously, like people probably heard, like the plagued with all kinds of script ish- script issues and, and uh, studio interference and all the changes that they wanted to do. I even liked uh, Alien Resurrection. Like, I- I'm usually a pretty like. I rewatched Prometheus uh, a couple of weeks ago just because I thought maybe I missed something. It turns out that I didn't. It was pretty much exactly what I thought it was the first time, which is fine. Good science fiction movie. It's so hard to capture the feel of the first two Alien movies to me. Yeah, that creating a franchise out of it, like you're digging yourself a hole. Yeah. Like that is tough. That you came off of the the monumental and historic Alien mm-hmm. with Aliens. Like, somehow, it, well, basically, it's, well, James Cameron. It's following yeah. up Terminator with Terminator 2. Like, you're able to not capture the exact same feel by any means, but stay true to, like, like, it just makes sense as a sequel. Like, oh, yeah, okay, she's stuck, and then obviously, like, the things are going with the corporation. If you haven't seen Aliens, go watch it. I know it's 86. I still don't want to spoil it because I love it so much. Like I don't want to throw stuff out there. No, it's definitely Um, that good. Yeah. And I think Aliens 1 through 4 are all on HBO right now anyway. So go check those out. Uh, For my slasher, 1998's Urban Legend. Watch that on IMDb TV. So I haven't seen this probably since I saw it in the theaters in 1998. And I think I remember Zena talking about having watched it recently, or maybe just a reference. So I'm like, oh, I'll give it another shot. You know, it's a lot better than I remember. It's it, it, it's such a great '90s horror movie. I like it. Like it's a very it. '90s horror movie. Yeah, I like it. As it well. was clearly it, it was clearly an homage to Wes Craven. It's fr- frankly a Scream in general. Uh, well, yeah. Like. It, it, it could have been a Scream sequel if Sydney had gone to that college.
2: It's lumped into the, the cop scream copycats that popped up, the late nineties yeah. slasher craze teen slasher craze, but yeah.
0: Yep. I'm junk like young Jared Leto, um, the even the inside joke about the girl from the Noxema ads that <laughs> anybody watching it now wouldn't understand unless you were alive to see the Noxema ads at the time. Yeah. Um She's so oh, sorry, good in, in it say. though, Rebecca Gayhart. She is good in it. Sorry, I should do the thing. A college student suspects a series of bizarre deaths are connected to certain urban legends. See, I go right into gushing about it, and people who haven't listened to it. Are like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Just of it is, is which I didn't really do for aliens either. I guess is that on a college, urban legends are being used to kill people, and it's one girl trying to figure out what's happening. Nobody believes her. Jared Leto plays the the. <laughs> The really over the top newspaper reporter, like college newspaper reporter, who almost got a student a a, a student Pulitzer. Oh yeah, I was like, "What do you mean almost? Like, who, I want to talk to the reporter who got the Pulitzer. Why is he? All right, whatever, nitpicking. Um, but it, it, it's just a classic. It's a '90s. It's a true slasher. Like you're not. It, it's you know. Revolves as, oh, Tara reads in it. Like, it revolves as much around the kills themselves as anything else. Yeah. Like, anything connecting them is fine. It exists, whatever. But it's really about those, er, really bringing those urban legends back to life on the big screen. Like, frankly, they'd never really done. Yeah. Like, maybe one of them. Would be a movie like this, the calls coming from inside the house or something like that, but not actually highlighting urban legends like not, they did in this. It's,
2: not to this mainstream. I think Campfire Tales is this, maybe it was a made for cable. I don't, it was kind I think of a direct. It was. Yeah, it It came out on HBO sure. yep. or Showtime. Yeah, it was an anthology yep. that nobody saw, but that one was the only other one that comes to mind that really explored the concept of, of urban legends like this does. And I love mm. that. I don't know why it's not more of a thing because that to me is the biggest selling point of urban legends because the the final girl in this is bland. I love this movie. Yeah. (laughs) I love this movie, but she's asleep at the wheel.
1: I have a love hate relationship with Natalie because (laughs) she is so whiny. Somebody ask her a question. I feel like I'm always telling people this, but I'm going to tell you again. Okay. somebody, Somebody, Ask her a question, and she's just like, They're like, Well, no, we, we checked and we didn't find any bodies. She was like, No, at first, she sounds normal, like, No, the, the bodies were there. They was like, No, they weren't. Like, no, and like, she says. yeah, and I'm, sorry.
0: she goes zero to 60 real right? fast. And I found myself, I found myself doing that during this viewing. I was watching it, and again, maybe it's just me getting older, so I started to sympathize with, like, you know, sympathize sympathize with the killers instead of the teens sort of thing
2: that's but getting I'm, older I'm like,
0: huh <laughs> yeah but I'm, but in this case i'm sitting there and i'm like sympathizing with the security guard and the the principal or, yeah. or dean or whatever yeah. because they're literally sitting there like there is no proof anything weird happens <laughs> yeah they're not covering it up they're literally like we don't see anything, <laughs> and she's like, "No." Yeah, see? <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> what the hell? yes. She's a little melodramatic, or sleepwalking. Just a little what bit. Of the, uh, one of the two. Oh
0: god! And when she was doing her flashback scene and stuff, the it's amazing. Yeah. But yes, yeah, but it's still fun. The '90s, yeah. as most people and most horror listeners and maybe new horror listeners don't realize this, the, the '90s wasn't exactly known for their horror and their 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 their, their top notch output. Like, there's definite blips, but most of the time it gets mocked for yeah. what was coming out of it. But Urban Legends is definitely a fun slasher movie, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It's it's another it's a, that's a total comfort watch. I could have on in the background if IMDb wouldn't play so many damn commercials to, to distract me. Um, and my last one, found footage. This one's horror adjacent, but I really like it and I want to talk about it because I want more people to see it. All right. It's 2016's Operation Avalanche. In 1967, four undercover CIA agents were sent to NASA posing as a documentary film crew. What they discovered led to one of the biggest conspiracies in American history. So this is a total sleeper that I randomly clicked on like a year ago or something. And I loved it. And I could not find it again. And recently it popped up on IMDb TV. So I had to watch it. Didn't care. Commercials, whatever. So like the gist of it is it's found footage in 1967. And... Generally speaking, my issue with any phone footage that decides to go back pre-even like 1999 is the technology. Like you, the, people are really making you think that these cameras were picking up amazing audio and like never having like focusing problems or, or anything like that. So 1967, the fact that they're capturing audio and video perfectly in this would suspension of disbelief. It's really more about the story just because for me, and I've been reading, um, uh, what's his name? I think Nick, Nick Redfren's The Real Men in Black. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't like thinking about most of that. Most of it, it's just silly to me. Yeah. But like the real men in black is fascinating to me. Like this concept of the actual men in black, not the Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith, but <laughs> the actual like nefarious. Like think more of uh, Fringe, like the bald guys. Mm-hmm. Think more of them than Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, like the way they're, they act and behave and everything else. But it's just, it's kind of, it's this really fun, (laughs) fun talking, just the conspiracies and the CIAs and the cover-ups and like kind of what they do and the, the, the topics they play with and how they come across it. It's very unique because it is also a film footage movie set in the sixties, which there aren't that many. Usually if they go back, it's like the 80s, yeah, like Paranormal Activity 3 or whatever. And, th- you know, but it, it was definitely just a really fun watch for me that I never really see get a lot of attention. Hmm. And it's horror as much as conspiracy theories are horror, like involving the government, I suppose. Okay, But it's just it's a really it's just a really fun watch when you kind of see what they go through and and like. Just kind of freaks you out about, like, what's the government may be capable of, which we don't need to fall down that rabbit hole right now. <laughs> so
2: proceed with caution.
0: Yeah. More than anything, I just wanted to tell people, Operation Avalanche on IMDb. Very and cool. as a request from a listener, uh-huh. because we tend to just kind of plow through movies and not recap. Yeah. So Zena's recommendations for or that she enjoyed this week were, what were your two movies, Zena?
1: So the first one, Burial Ground. And that one is
0: on amazon yes or how'd you watch it
1: it was actually on yeah it was amazon don't listen to me so okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right yo so yeah the first one burial ground it's on amazon and the second one vampires vs. the bronx and that's
2: on netflix Woo-woo.
0: nice and you megan
2: i watch scary stories to tell in the dark um on blu-ray but it's also streaming on showtime and uh not available yet unless you're participating in Nightstream. i watched frank and zed
0: and i watched aliens uh the sequel to alien on hbo urban legend 1988 urban legend on imdb tv and 2016's operation avalanche also on imdb tv also- so there we go
3: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too Dot com, And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: Uh, all right, enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the horror world. So what's going on, Megan?
2: All right. To overwhelm you with even more viewing options, uh, <laughs> Bloody Disgusting Channel is now live on Roku. If you go to Roku Channel and look at the live TV section, you should see Bloody Disgusting TV. Um Yay. Yeah. So I know, John, you have some creepy podcast stuff coming up on that, right? Nice. No.
0: I might. You
2: might. Um, But Cynodyme is behind it, uh, partnered with Bloody Disgusting, and they'll have lots of horror classics, contemporary cult cult favorites, um, but lots of original programming as well, um, especially from the podcasts, John's Creepy, uh, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Horror Queers, and This Week in Horror. I do know that there are other surprises in store, especially around Halloween. And then Arrow, if anybody is a fan of Arrow video, they're Blu-rays, which I love. Um, they're almost like Criterion as far as I'm concerned, but for, for horror. Uh, they have, they're launching, or they did launch, both of these streaming services are launched October 1st, so they're available now. But they begin streaming in the U.S. and Canada. Um, they opened with movies like The Deeper You Dig, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Crumbs, The Hatred, Cold Light of Day, Video Man... Herschel Gordon-Lewis Collection, Um, lots of other stuff, Uh, Hellraiser 1-2, Elvira, Ringu, Gamera. Yeah, so there are arrows available everywhere, Apple, um, Android, Roku, Fire TV, wherever you find, you know, streaming channels. There you go. So there you go. If you didn't have enough horror content, there's more to check out. And then uh, this past week has been insane for surprise October horror release announcements. Insane. Um, So last week alone, they announced that The Craft Legacy will be arriving on Premium BOD on October 28th. Uh, It's a continuation of The Craft. It is not a reboot. Um, as originally thought. So in Blumhouse's continuation of the cult hit The Craft, an eclectic foursome of aspiring teenage witches get more than they bargain for as they lean into their newfound powers. So it is a sequel. If you look at the trailer, which is also available on Bloody Disgusting, you see Nancy in a Polaroid. Um, a. Balk's bad girl character. And it kind of hints that maybe the nancy character will be the bad guy in this one who knows but surprise that's coming nobody saw that coming <laughs> um <laughs> and another surprise uh paramount play i don't know some paramount offshoot is releasing spell on october 30th that one is interesting because it's about well, the, the plot Synopsis reads, while flying to his father's funeral in rural Appalachia, an intense storm causes Marquis to lose control of the plane, carrying him and his family. He awakens wound, wounded, alone and trapped in Miss Eloise's attic, who claims she can nurse him back to health with the boogity, a hoodoo figure she has made from his blood and skin. Unable I, to call for help? He,
0: uh, let me die. I don't know. Y- yeah. I'm good.
2: Yeah. I, I
0: you pull out the blood and skin doll and I'm out.
2: It, it it looks like an actual doll though, so I'm very curious. Um but Loretta Devine, who was the security her. officer in Urban Legend, is Miss Eloise, the the hoodoo lady. We don't get a whole lot of like hoodoo voodoo-y type movies. We so don't. I'm I'm yeah. actually really curious about this one. Um but that's another one that out of nowhere, P.S. in a few weeks, it's coming. It looks great. Nice. And then lastly But not least, and I'm sure there'll be more surprises in October the way things are going. But um, originally slated for release in theaters, which obviously got derailed because of the pandemic, Warner Brothers announced that they're going to drop The Witches remake on HBO Max on October 22nd. So if uh, for those who don't know, the remake tells the darkly humorous and heartwarming tale of a young orphan boy who in late 1967 goes to live with his grandma in rural Alabama, And they come across some deceptively glamorous but thoroughly diabolical witches. So Grandma whisks our young hero away to an opulent seaside resort. Um, It looks like a very cute, whimsical redo of the 1990 movie, um, which was kind of creepy thanks to Angelica Huston. So I don't know. (laughs) Octavi- Octavia Spencer looks downright adorable as the grandma in this, so I'm, I'm curious. It's definitely, this is meant for children, not for adults, or the young at heart, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> so, th- those are three surprise releases that did not have a release date prior to a week ago, and surprise, they're coming out in a couple weeks. So yeah, you know, October. Awesome <laughs> yeah, October is nuts. You cannot be bored if you are a horror fan this, this month at all. Um, and then last but not least uh, trick or treat director, Mike Doherty is set to direct the series adaptation of nightbreed. That's something that's been rumored to be in the works for a wh- you know, a while now, but um, Clive Barker had an interview um, with coming soon about books of blood, which is coming out very soon. And in that um, interview, it, it, he basically dropped that huge bit of detail that uh, not only is it in development, Mike Doherty, I cannot pronounce it. Mike Doherty, the trick or treat director is going to direct. And then Barker will be involved. He's currently working on the Bible um, for the the Nightbreed. And if you don't know, Clive Barker wrote and directed the 1990 feature film adaptation, Nightbreed, based on Cabal, his novella Cabal. And in the film, Um, A troubled young man is drawn to a mythical place called Midian, where a variety of monsters are hiding from humanity, because always, humans are the real monsters. So, yeah, meanwhile, a sadistic serial killer, played by David Cronenberg in the movie, is looking for a patsy. So, yeah, I'm actually really excited, because I am a sucker for monsters are the good guys type stories. And I really like Trick or Treat.
0: I'm really curious to see where they go with this because, and I could be totally off on this one. The way I understood it is originally John Carpenter thought Nightbreed was going to be like the next Star Wars and that the movie itself was actually setting up like a universe he wanted to create it based off these characters. You mean
2: Clyde Barker?
0: Or Clyde Barker, sorry, yeah. I, yeah. I heard that, that
2: as well. It's, it's
1: definitely set up for that. Yeah, so
0: I'm curious to see because I would have to imagine that, you know, minus the initial reception of Nightbreed and not getting any sequels or anything else, being disappointed to Clive Barker, that this being able to come around and say, well, let's do TV. Yeah. You want to expand the universe? Like, now's your time. Like, this is how we're going to do it. Like, all the streaming options and things like that. So I'm really curious to see where it goes.
2: There's so much potential. I mean, between, I think there's, what, Three different cuts of Nightbreed. There's the, the the theatrical. I know there was like a couple of cuts. And then there's like the, the Cabal cut or the director's cut. I feel like there's at least three. But in every single one, no matter which ending there is, because there are some variations with, with the ending and and what happens with, with the lead and, and the villains, there's always some hook, you know? There's always some still unfulfilled destiny So, yeah, there's like a larger universe. There's more monsters. Give me all the monsters. So, (laughs) yeah, basically, I think it would work really well for a series.
0: All right, listeners, your turn. Excited for Bloody Disgusting on Roku? Strong feelings about the craft? Want Nightbreed on TV? Let's hear about it. The number's 224 475 1040. Number's also in the show notes. So, please keep in mind that we try and keep the show under an hour, so we reserve the right to edit your message and shorten it as needed. Please limit yourself to one question or one comment per call. We'll do our best to keep our responses under fifteen minutes next week. Also, as the show finds more listeners and we get more calls, I'm gonna apologize in advance. We can't play everyone's messages, but we will do our best to use the ones that we think will spur the best conversation. Again, just shorter next week. <laughs> we won't get so excited. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you'll give. We're uh, excitable people. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're just, we're just chipper.
2: We love horror.
0: (laughs) You guys saw me before I started recording. That was a lie. (laughs) If you're anything like us and you spend more than a little time streaming movies on Shutter, Netflix, Amazon, and a hundred other services out there, like bloody disgusting TV. To keep your indecisiveness at a minimum, Zena's going to clue us in on what we should be watching. So Zena, what's coming up?
1: So we do have another packed week, but truth be told, I'm actually loving this because there's always something for us to watch. So let's start off with Tuesday, uh, the 6th. So first we have The Curse of Audrey Earnshaw. It will be out on VOD. A community suffering from a plague is torn apart. A uh, Oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> it's torn apart by a beautiful woman and the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. That's something we all need in our lives. Then we have uh, Save Yourselves. It will be out on VOD and in select theaters. So this is a comedy sci-fi. A Brooklyn couple heads to an upstate cabin to unplug and reconnect with each other. And, you know, that's not all. The planet falls under attack. Um, Next up, we have from Blumhouse. Um, You know, they're welcome to the Blumhouse. The first one, uh, Black Box on Amazon. After losing his wife in memory in a car accident, a man undergoes an agonizing experimental treatment that causes him to question who he really is followed by The Lie, which is also out on Amazon, and it's also a part of Welcome to the Blumhouse. A married couple falls into a web of lies and deceit when they try to cover up their daughter's horrific crime. Uh, next up on Wednesday, we have um, on the 7th, Books of Blood, and this is based on Clive Barker's book. Uh, this one takes a journey into uncharted and forbidding territory through three tales, and also this Friday on the 9th, Megan is moderating the Books of uh, Blood panel for the New York Comic Con. Yay, Megan. Nice. Yeah.
2: Well, you get to plug you now.
1: Um, hi, I'm Zena. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, next up we have, I believe it's Hubie. Hubie Halloween on Netflix. Um, on Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts, The Town's Weirdo. And the figure of mockery, he saves Halloween. So this one looks more like it's very fun and, you know, woohoo, Adam <laughs> woo-hoo. Sandler's in this one. <laughs> that should be a movie category. Woohoo, hoo horror
2: <laughs> It is now canon.
1: <laughs> um, and then on Thursday the 8th, we have the Cleansing Hour that's coming out on Shutter. So these two entrepreneurs, they stage an elaborate fake exorcism until one of their boo becomes possessed by a demon. That could be fun. And then on Friday, the 9th, we have The Wolf of Snow Hollow uh, coming out on VOD. So if you are a lover of werewolf movies, this one could be for you. A stressed out police officer struggles um, and decides not to give into paranoia as bodies start to pile up after each full moon. And then just in case if you guys missed it, Scare Me on Shudder just came out like last week. That movie's hilarious. I watched it and I found myself like (laughs) snorting and drooling. Yeah, I was. From some of the things that was happening. I just added
0: it to my list. I almost watched it today.
1: Yeah. Well, let me know what what you think about it whenever you check it out. Next week for sure. Yay. And then, of course, um, just in case if you're just like, Zena, I don't like, you know, picking out movies myself. Okay. Well, no (laughs) worries. Um, Bloody Disgusting TV. Okay. Exclusively on Roku is available for you. So there you
2: go. Yeah.
0: It's the most wonderful time of the year.
2: It is. It is.
0: And anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I officially hate Lowe's because they're full of Christmas ornaments right now. Why? They're all in front of the Halloween stuff. It's so, it's just priorities, just want, people. Really? We, it's come just on. ridiculous.
2: Who do we have to talk to to get a, an army going of 12-foot skeletons?
0: <laughs> Mr. Lowe's, I guess.
2: Pandemic movie freebie idea, like make that a thing. You know, Ray Harryhausen stop motion skeleton. Do that with the twelve foot skeletons.
0: No, not free. Copyright and trademark. Come on, don't <laughs> just give away the gold.
2: That just seems like a hassle to stop motion animation something that's like twelve foot tall. So you know, if somebody wants to well, go through first that effort,
0: perspective. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna discuss the logistics okay. of making okay. this happen off, uh, <laughs> off here. That's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at Bloody Disgust- Disgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own site, RealQueenOfHorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me doing the 31 Days of Horror on Creepy every single day. That's why I'm tired. And that's why I'm going to let my energy just... Just slowly fade off towards the end of the show. (laughs) Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get it gets the show a little bit more notice as we roll on, especially the Halloween season. People need their movies. You need movie suggestions. You want to talk to people who like movies. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So help let people know. And feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BedisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John.
2: I'm Megan. I'm Zena.
0: Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.